The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by mybookie.ag. The Eagles have flown away. Sorry, Sean. And there won't be a deflated ball in sight. Sorry, Tom. The NFL playoffs are heating up with only eight teams left. And my bookie is the place you want to be to bet on all of the action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to an insane $1,000 in bonus bets. Use the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code SGP. For a limited time only, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500 on your next deposit. Remember, that's code SGP and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by ProSwap. ProSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go to ProSwap.com to find better odds than your local book. Plus, when you use the promo code SGP, you will get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's ProSwap.com and, of course, the promo code SGP. And finally, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SGP. And remember, no pubes equals 20% more penis. are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at LockBetting and check out my website LockBetting.com. Just want to put a little open question out there for you guys. If, if... We were to rename the show and bearing in mind what the content of it is, it's a soccer show primarily covering the EPL, but some weeks we cover the FA Cup. And of course, over the summer, we'll be covering the European Championships, um, the Champions League shows that we do. We've um, we've been calling them the Champions League show. But let's say we put it all under one umbrella and we wanted to have some kind of merchandise for it and and brand it a little bit better with a logo and things of that nature, what would you guys call the show? So I gave the Twitter accounts out there, at LockBetting and at the SGP Network. 
just float your ideas across because obviously it's going to be a little bit hard to trademark the EPL show, I would imagine, because there's already an EPL and I assume they already have a show. Well, I assume everything that they do when they put all those games on each week is a show. But I also know there's probably a, well, there is an EPL preview show, an EPL rundown show, um, roundup show, sorry. So, yeah, just um, just hit us up, see if you've got any ideas, um, if you can think of something um, catchy, but also something that captures what the show actually is. Last week was one of those FA Cup weeks where um, we did land our lock, but there was some stuff on there that, that really didn't come right. I actually got a tweet uh, or a couple of tweets through thanking me for picks and um, and what I did on the show last week and saying I'm the man and all this stuff. I didn't think I had a particularly good show and um, I certainly didn't didn't do well by by my members. I did land a lock with, with Arsenal, but my uh, top play that I was really invested in was for Everton to beat Liverpool. And... Um, when it came down to it, that didn't come to fruition. Even though when I gave it out to my guys, we took it at six to four on the draw no, draw no bet market. And at kickoff, Everton on the draw no bet market were minus 200. So that was a really good bet if it had actually won. But I mean, it looked good at kickoff. The crazy thing was, is that on the, uh, on the cash out facility on that bet, if we had placed a £100 bet on Everton on the draw no bet market, which we did, for a £250 return, they were actually offering you a £168 cash out. So you could have made £68 before anything had even happened in the game. That's crazy. That was just me anticipating the team selection of Jurgen Klopp, and I was and I nailed it. And all Everton had to do was beat the Liverpool youth team with their first team and failed to do so. What was all even more incredible is that the hedge on that outcome was also six to four, plus one fifty. So you could have had plus one fifty twice to just guarantee yourself a fifty pound profit. So 100 on Everton and 100 on Liverpool, money back on a draw, uh, or a £50 profit guaranteed by each outcome. Perhaps these were things that we should have done, but I didn't want to go for the small change. I wanted to go for the big play. Um, and when the line movement went our way, I sat there 100% confident Everton would win the game. But as it progressed, chance after chance after chance went by the wayside and then Liverpool scored a ridiculous goal in the second half. And the thing is, is that you almost saw it coming. And the thing you have to take into consideration here is if you're an Everton fan, you must think now that you are never, ever going to beat Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, what circumstances would present themselves for you to actually beat Liverpool. I mean, you already knew that you were behind them by a mile, but then in this situation, you have to feel like you're the third best team in Merseyside. Number one would be the Liverpool team. And number two would be the Liverpool reserve team. Like Everton would be third. It's just embarrassing how they did not win that game. I, I can't understand it. And the thing is, is that, they came into it on an unbeaten run of seven. Um, Duncan Ferguson took over. He hasn't lost. Carlo Ancelotti comes in. He hasn't lost either. 
They've been winning games. They've been looking decent. They had a big win away to Newcastle. And then they come and lay that egg in that big game against Liverpool when all they had to do was beat the youth team. And <coughs> sorry, apologies for that. Um, and then they did create the chances in the first half, but in the second half, they just didn't play. And they had made no response either to going a goal down. I just think, despite the fact that they've just got rid of Marco Silva and it looked like um, they were making a recovery, that has to go down as a new low. That has to be the absolute low point of the Everton season, especially with your full team out there, especially seeing, unlike some teams last week, they were going for the FA Cup. Now, as a Man United fan, I don't understand what right Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had to rest the players for the FA Cup. We're doing fucking shit, Solskjaer. We're doing terrible. You rested players for a League Cup game where we got our asses handed to us by Manchester City. Like, what the fuck are you doing, boy? I don't understand what you're doing. I just can't believe that we that we didn't go for it against Wolves last week. Yeah, we got the replay because Wolves didn't go for it either. I mean, this is another team that haven't won anything for a long, long time. Yeah, they've got the Europa League to think about. But, I mean, in the Premier League, they're not going to finish in the top four. So, And they're not involved in any kind of relegation battle. So I don't understand why they're not playing in the FA Cup. Maybe they do think they have a chance of finishing in the top four. Maybe they think that they have a chance of winning the Europa League game, the Europa League tournament, and they don't want to um, clog their season up with games. But... That seemed like a game where neither team um, really cared too much about it. And looking through the, a lot of the other games as well, it was clear to see the teams that do and the teams that don't. And um, we, we saw a few Premier League teams fall by the wayside. The ones that did, I correctly predicted, would would try and win. Tottenham with a full team against Middlesbrough didn't win with a full team against Middlesbrough. That's what makes it even worse. Arsenal, they were the lock last week. They went full out against Leeds. Terrible in the first half, but in the second half, they came through really only resting one player, which was Aubameyang. I think the FA Cup is going to end up being much, much more interesting than it has been in recent years. I do think that when we get to around about round five, Everybody's going to be all in on this competition. And as I said, we already have Tottenham, Arsenal and uh, and Leicester City going for it. Man City, I think as well, um, to a lesser extent. Um, that team was very, very strong considering that they were playing Port Vale. Unfortunately, they pushed on the handicap there and also didn't get a clean sheet. Um, another story coming out of that one was the... Um, was this um I don't, I don't know if you guys followed what was going on but there was a player in Port Vale who some time ago tweeted that um if he ever played in the say even though he was a, a lower league player if he ever played in the game against John Stones he would get 40 a season if he played against him every week um let me just pull up the tweets and making a mess of the story okay Tom Pope of Port Vale said just watch the highlights of the England game. I know I'm a League Two player. I know he plays for England. I know he's on 150 quid a week. I know he's a million times better player than me, but I'd love to play against John Stones every week. I'd get 40 a season. He scored last week against Manchester City in the League the League Two team Port Vale. Tom Pope scored for them after that tweet. And uh, he then responded saying, sorry, I can't apply to everyone. It's gone mental. I'd like to say I was completely wrong and bang out of order to school 40 a season. Gap 
it's more like 50 enjoy your weekend and um then there was um another tweet where he said the highlight of my day wasn't a goal it was benjamin mendy waiting outside our dressing room waiting to waiting for a selfie with me to put in their group chat Mendy has bans. Yeah, so Benjamin, Benjamin Mendy wanted a picture with this Port Vale player who insulted John Stone so they could put a picture in their group chat. So some funny stuff there. And um, I thought it was worth mentioning because even though we didn't land with the uh, the City clean sheet, sheet last week, there was a minor silver lining to it because it did produce one of the uh, the funniest stories of the season. Apologies if you can hear this noise. It's me trying to um, plug my phone in. I've not charged my recording device up. Okay, so we've uh, we've got that sorted. It's all good to go. Um, sorry about that. I'm actually having to use three or four bits of equipment here to do this show now. I have I, um, my, my site open with the EPL fixtures. Uh, I have a team news site open in a separate window. Uh, I have the SGP mid-rolls, and then I have something to record everything with as well. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's a bit of a uh, process doing this show, and especially a a one man show as well. It's very difficult. I don't have somebody to um, fill in the gaps and um, and and cover for me while I, while I check something. So you sometimes do get situations like that where um, something's come unplugged uh, whilst I was using it, so I had to just put it back in. But uh, anyway, who cares? Let's move on with the show. Let's start with the uh, the Friday game this week. EPL returns on Friday. And it's uh, Sheffield United versus West Ham. Sheffield United are at 17 to 22 win this game. It's 5 to 2 to draw and it's 16 to 5 on the Hammers. I like West Ham here as an underdog, and I understand that Sheffield United can move into fifth place with a win. And I understand that it shouldn't really read too much into the fact that last week they only beat a non league team 2 1, and prior to that, they lost two Premier League games in a row, uh, even though they were only two Man City and Liverpool. But they didn't look great in those games, and I think it's only natural for some complacency to set in with Sheffield United, seeing as they are safe. It's past Christmas and we're not talking about them at all in terms of being relegation contenders. In fact, they would only need um, another four wins or or even less than that, actually. Um, I would say two wins, which would take them on to 35 and a few draws to stay in this league. So, So three wins and three draws, I would say, would be sufficient. So they look to be very, very safe in the league at the moment. And... Um, that could lead to complacency. Um, it's less likely to come, I imagine, with a TV game, with this being a Friday night televised game. But West Ham themselves are another reason here why you would look at Sheffield United and think maybe the underdog is the play. West Ham are a better team. They're a bigger team. They've got better players. And they're under new management. And the new manager is somebody that the club or the players are playing for and has been unbeaten in his first two with, with back-to-back wins. And you would think that this one represents an opportunity to win another one, seeing as you do have the momentum of the new manager and you coming into this one as um, the underdogs with better players. So I wouldn't have thought that if, you, if, the, if the two teams had been in these league positions, I think if you're looking at it per man, 
and uh, you're going into the start of the season and let's say West Ham are sitting in 10th place because they should really be a top half team and Sheffield United are sitting on the cusp of the relegation zone. Let's say they're sitting in 16th or 17th spot. What do you think the odds would be for this game? I would think West Ham would narrowly be the favourites in this situation. And um, that would be solely based on the two teams doing what was expected of them coming into the season and looking at the um, the personnel in the teams. Now, I think almost that that would be an opportunity then to take Sheffield United because the needs of Sheffield United would be greater than West Ham and you would probably see a big effort from them whereas the complacency would set in on the other side. Here, you're getting complacency from the weaker team, if there is any, if there is any complacency, it's most likely to sit with them against the better team who are lower in the table, need the win, are under a new manager and have the better players. This has all the signs of an underdog. I'm personally going to take West Ham on the double chance market here. Um, there is no statistical data to support that either. So when you're looking through and a lot of American guys look to look at trends and form and this and that. And and yeah, Sheffield United um, have been beaten just three times in the last 14 games. Um West Ham have lost four of their last six top flight games on the road. West Ham scored just three times in total in their last six away games. Everything points to something else. But unfortunately, this isn't NFL and or, or NBA or anything like that, where all of these numbers often correlate to the same thing happening again. This is soccer. This is EPL. Weird shit happens. And I'm not going to be weirded out by, by West Ham winning this game on Friday. So West Ham on a double chance is my pick. Um, Saturday, 12.30, Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. And um, Arsenal are the favourites here which you would expect, but you wouldn't expect Arsenal to be odds-on favourites away from home. Now, a lot was made of Mikel Arteta winning that game against Man United, but Man United looked very tired in that game and haven't looked good since. If you look at the results since then, they have hit a poor run of form. They drew 0-0 against Wolves when Wolves rested a load of players, and then they looked absolute dog-turd against um, Man City in midweek. So, Man United, that big scalp isn't really a, uh, a significant win as far as I'm concerned, even though I'm a Man United supporter. And then I think the Leeds win wasn't significant as well. I think the, the, the biggest thing people took out of it is the fact that Arsenal didn't perform for their new messiah in the, in the first half. They, uh, they didn't turn up against Leeds and were outplayed by a championship team before scoring a scrappy goal. I, um, I can't take Arsenal as an away favourite here. Um, I can take Palace on the double chance to avoid a defeat. Personally, I think this game might end up being a score draw. Um, I think both teams to score is another option, but um, I just can't back Arsenal as a uh, as a road favourite here, uh, looking at their record, and, and I, I don't believe that much in, in Mikel Arteta. Up next, you've got Chelsea versus Burnley. Um, again, Chelsea, I can't take at this price. They're a one to three favorite, and that's the best price that you can get on it. Um, Burnley, nine to one, it's 17 to four to draw. I understand that Burnley have been in a poor run of form. Burnley did not have a good Christmas period. They've lost 
um, each of their last three in the EPL. Um, bounced back with a with a win last week in the cup. But um, yeah, I, I just think that um, I, I just think this might be might be a difficult game for for Chelsea. Chelsea have had decent form over Bournemouth uh, over Burnley sorry in in, in, in previous um, the last game they played was a 4-2 uh, win for Chelsea they drew 2-2 in this corresponding fixture last year and then uh, they also won 4-0 away to Burnley and 2-1 away to Burnley prior to that so I think the the, the Chelsea the Chelsea bandwagon is, is a weird thing to jump on because at one point everybody was jumping on when they had a really, really, really good run. Since then, it's been win-lose, win-lose, win-lose. It's been a model of inconsistency and that's what you're going to get with young players and especially young players that, that weren't used to the, the Christmas program. I mean, they lost to Southampton and in the same time span managed to get a win at Tottenham, which is a difficult place to do. No matter how inconsistent Mourinho um, Tottenham have been and even even um, under Mourinho they've been inconsistent as well initially they went on a decent run but inconsistency's crept back in their home form has actually been okay and uh, Chelsea went there and they didn't just win they won very convincingly and then went on to lay another egg after that so it's a difficult team to handicap and um, you definitely don't take them at one to three so it makes this game rather difficult to do and um I'm going to go for Burnley on a plus two handicap here at 10 to 11. I think if Chelsea win this game, it might just only be by a goal. Uh, I've not seen many convincing performances from Chelsea lately. And um, yeah, I think this could just be, they'll be, they'll be happy to edge through here. Um, sorry, I'm not too well. It's, um, I've got cold here and um, it's freezing cold outside so it's not a surprise um, Everton versus Brighton is next and um, Everton here are the even money favourites as the best price on them it's 13 to 5 the draw it's 16 to 5 on Brighton if ever a team needed to win this week it would be Everton you have to get stinch off you after that after that result against Liverpool. They come home here against a, a Brighton team who have looked a lot better this season in terms of how they've played their football. But if you look at the league position, um, they are still a team who are in the relegation conversation. They're 14th in the table, uh, four points outside the relegation zone. Um, so they could easily be sucked back in along with Southampton, along with Newcastle and along with Everton themselves who are on 25 points. But I don't think that will happen. Um, below those guys, you have uh, West Ham, Villa, Bournemouth, Watford and, and Norwich who are probably already down. Now, this is the situation where Everton must win. And um, it's a home game. Carlo Ancelotti's just suffered his first defeat. It's a bad, bad, bad defeat against your rivals. And more, what's even worse than that, your rivals' youth team. They are going to have to get these players up. They're going to have to get these players motivated. And they're going to have to be prepared to have less of the ball here against a Brighton team whose tactic this season under, under the new manager has been to dominate the ball. And they've done that to better teams than Everton. So 
despite the fact that you've just come off a um, an embarrassing defeat, you're going to be coming up against a team here that are going to challenge you for possession of the ball. So it's not going to be a case of they're going to be able to come out here. They're going to be able to swarm. They're going to be able to swarm Brighton and just dominate the game and just be very direct and get themselves a result. No, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be hard work. You're going to have to press this team. You're going to have to be awake from the kickoff. You're going to have to win the ball off them high up on the pitch and then you're going to have to make your quality count when you have possession of the ball Sigerson's going to have to turn up Walcott's going to need to turn up here Richarlison's going to need to have a better game they're not going to be able to miss four or five chances because they're not going to get four or five clear chances to win this game so I think you're going to need to see a clinical Everton here in front of goal and I think the opposite problem um, I think I think the, the big problem is for Brighton, not the opposite problem, but the big problem for Brighton this season has been exactly that. Whereas they've not been able to do anything with the chances that they've created. Their expected goal ratio is much higher than what they've actually put in the back of the net. They're a team who, over this transfer window, should have probably looked at signing themselves a striker, but they haven't. Um, I think Brighton could still suffer for not addressing that problem, which is odd because... This manager has apparently done so well that he's managed to extend his contract. And bearing in mind he only took over in the summer, that's pretty ridiculous. That basically says to me that the chairman thinks we're safe, we've achieved our goal, we've had an unbelievable season. They've not had an unbelievable season. They've had some good results, beating some decent teams, like including Tottenham at home. But it's not been unbelievable. Does it look much better on the eye? Yeah. Are Brighton a decent Premier League team? Yeah. Will they survive? Probably. Are they a attractive to watch yeah do they score enough goals no and despite the fact that they could create more chances here than ever and have more of the ball it's the fact it will, it will basically boil down to the fact who is the more clinical team and when you're looking at the quality on the pitch Everton have the better players therefore you would expect that clinical finishing to come from them at least on paper anyway so I'm going to be taking Everton here to, to win this game at even money because they must bounce back but in order to do that they have to come out at maximum effort and that is going to need them to to eat into this Brighton possession and win the ball earlier up the, and higher up the pitch quite a long explanation for that one um, up next Leicester versus Southampton is up next where Leicester City our best price seven to ten to win this game. It's three to one to draw, and it's 74, 17 to four on Southampton. I was looking automatically last week to lock up Everton against Brighton because they are pretty much priced up in the region that I was expecting them to be. And uh, when I watched them lose to Liverpool, instead of taking the mindset of I'm never going to back Everton again. My mindset was more of the mindset that I'm going to back them again immediately because that's embarrassing and they're going to need to bounce back and they're at home in front of their fans who they owe a performance to. But then I looked at this this game and figured that we would be coming in at the minus 200 region or there thereabouts and we're getting 7 to 10 and there's no injuries at Leicester to talk about. Um, they're still within a shout of um, finishing in the Champions League positions. In fact, I expect them to finish third. Um, they've just come off the back of a disappointing performance in the League Cup, so they themselves are in a bounce-back situation. And they're playing a team they beat 9-0 away. I, um, I just think you have to take Leicester here in this situation. 
Um, I understand Southampton are probably haunted by what happened. I understand they've probably been waiting for this game to come so they can erase what's happened. And I understand that Southampton are coming into this in really good form, winning three of the last four. But they beat them 9-0. And um, I understand also that it was done with 10 men and and maybe Southampton gave up in that game and, and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I just... I can't picture a, a a scene in my head where two teams play each other over the course of the season and they beat them 9-0 and then the other game is a draw or even a win for Southampton. I, I can't get my head around it. Um, as I said earlier on, bounce back situation for Leicester. Um, they've already recovered from those two bad lead results. Obviously, they're not going to finish in the top two now it's going to be Man City and Liverpool but third place is still up for grabs that would still be a monumental achievement that would still be automatic Champions League qualification Chelsea, Tottenham and Man United below them don't seem to be posing much of a challenge even if Leicester do manage to slip up but um, I'm not expecting a slip up here I'm not expecting back to back um, back to back games where they failed to win at home um, I'm not expecting Southampton to turn around a 9-0 deficit I'm just not expecting any of that to, to happen. And um, I love the price here and I love the game. And uh, I'll take Leicester here in this situation. Before we move on to our next game, let's take a little time out to talk about some of the sponsors here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, starting, of course, with mybookie.ag. I mentioned at the top of the show, you can get a $1,000 deposit bonus by using the promo code SGP. Get it in time for the College Football National Championship game, all of your college and NBA, and of course, it is an awesome prop creator for the NFL playoffs. It's a great resource for ingrained wagering, deposit and withdraw using Bitcoin for lightning fast payouts. So head over to mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP. I also want to take this little time out to talk about another sponsor here on the SGP, and that's DraftKings. The second week of the playoffs is upon us. The bad news is there's only a few more weeks left in the football season. I'm not talking about the football season we cover here on the EPL show. I'm talking about the, the other football with the helmets. Obviously, the, the soccer continues all year round because we're real men. But the good news is, if you do love the NFL, you can still get your fix with DraftKings. DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy football. And if you've never played before, there's even more to celebrate with $1 million on the line. That's right, a $1 million top prize can be won this weekend. All you got to do is draft your lineup and you'll feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, catch, they all mean more with a DraftKings lineup. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and you can see how your team stacks up against the competition nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game quite like having a shot at a one million dollar top prize unless of course you've got one million dollars on the game or something plus all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. With only the best football teams left, there is actually no better time to be playing DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code SGP. And for a limited time only, only uh, only limited time only, both new and existing customers can get this $500 deposit. Just use that promo code SGP and you can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. 
Let me take this time to also talk about Ace Per Head. We mentioned it at the top of the show. If you have ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and amazing mobile experience. Get started today because Ace is offering up to six weeks for free. Just go to Ace aceperhead.com slash SGP and get involved. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Let's take this time to also talk about ProSwap. ProSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. All season long, ProSwap customers have been buying some of the best odds in the world. Because you're buying a bet from another person and not betting against the house, you can always find great deals. On Sunday, a better who wagered $500 on the San Francisco 49ers to win the NFC Championship at 14 to 1 odds sold that ticket on ProSwap for $3,300. That means if that ticket wins, the buyer will profit $4,200, giving him odds of plus 125, better than any sports book in the country. Unfortunately, we all know the Greenway Packers are going to win the NFC, so the guy's going to lose on that bet anyways. But... Sign up for ProSwap.com today and they will give you a 100% match on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code SGP. That's SGP, like all of the other ones. The time of deposit and ProSwap will match it up to $100. Go to ProSwap.com today. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on one second. I'm just about to move on to the show. But wait, there's a pubic service announcement. This is your pubic service announcement. Now, what's it say? Well, it says the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting their greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidentals. <laughs> you won't want one of those. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skincare technology. I think I need this product. I do shave my balls. Um, anyway, sorry. I've been talking about Manscaped for a while now. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0, an easy it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new technology, improved skin... It's improved skin-safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates groom's areas for a closer and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM monitor with quiet stroke technology, so no one will know this is happening. And let's not forget about the charger stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. So you can take this shit anywhere. If you're listening to me right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. And as always, your balls will thank you. Up next, you've got Man United versus Norwich. Oh, God. What do you do with Man United? What do you say about Man United at the moment? They 
have got back. It's, it's always a false dawn with Solskjaer. And I really do think it's time for him to leave. I, I just don't think that it's ever going to be anything different with him. I think it's always going to be win a couple, lose a couple, draw a couple. It's it's never going to be up. Um, I mean, on the on the basis that he's made the worst start in, 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 in the history of the Premier League for Manchester United was enough basis to get rid of him. The fact that Pochettino is available there. I realise he saved his skin with back-to-back wins against Tottenham and Man City where, when that was a real time where they were eyeing up the firing of him. And it makes it really difficult for the board to say, when you're in those situations where you say, if this happens, then he's going to be sacked. And then it doesn't happen. And then you don't sack him. But I think at this point in time, you have to get rid of him because this looks like another situation where Man United will win. And then you can't sack him again. And, uh, and then he gets another three or four games. And then maybe we go on another little run before Man City knock us out the, the league cup. And then, and then, you know, then we're back to where we're at. I mean, next week will be interesting. Next week will be the real test because we play Liverpool again. And we're the only team this season so far that have taken anything from Liverpool. So we'll get a real indication as to what the gap is. In this situation, I'm expecting a bounce back for Man U. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to take uh, Man U here and both teams to score at um, 7-4. to four. I think you can get that as big as 2-1, to one, actually. Um, there's no way we'll keep a clean sheet here. Harry Maguire's not playing. He's out injured. He's going to be out for about a month. Um, I don't trust any of our other defenders. I would rather personally play Rojo at the back than Phil Jones. Phil Jones is a fucking embarrassment and a liability. Um, Kevin De Bruyne basically took his soul away from him on Tuesday night. It was the most humiliating thing I'd seen. You can go and check the clips out on YouTube or ESPN or wherever you wherever you look for um, Premier League highlights or this was League Cup, actually, the League Cup semi-final. So off the back of that humiliation, United are likely to bounce back. And I like them to bounce back here with a handicap too. So if you're looking at Man United to cover a handicap here, and you're looking at uh, Norwich to score in this game, the logical bet is to take Man United and over 2.5 goals. And you can take that at 10 to 11. I think that one is the smartest bet here. But uh, both teams to score also available seven to, between 7 to 4 and 2 to 1. And um, also you can take Man United as high as Man U to win and over 3.5 goals in this game. Because I do think we'll get four goals because I do think Man United will, will cover the handicap in this game. But I also think Norwich will score. Up next, Wolves versus Newcastle, where Wolves are just inside what we can take as a pick. Uh, one to two, minus two hundred, three to one on the draw, and thirteen to two on Newcastle. Newcastle have had some decent away results this season, but they are beginning to slip back down um, into the relegation conversation. They do have a lot of injuries as well, uh, which we saw last week because they couldn't get past Rochdale. And um, I think the slump continues here. I think they'll continue to slide down the table. They're not safe on twenty-five points. They still need to win four games in the second half of the season, which is going to be difficult difficult with their depleted players and I especially don't think they're going to get those games uh, those wins on the road despite the fact they've looked competent away from home this season I think St James's Park is going to be the place where people will them to victory and um, I think Newcastle will lay egg here I think Wolves will win this game relatively comfortably and uh, especially seeing as they rested players last week in the uh, in the FA Cup you better turn up with your team here and you better win this game to justify the team selections that you made last week so uh, got to take Wolves here against Newcastle. 
Up next, we look at Tottenham versus Liverpool, which will be the game of the week. Um, Liverpool are the same price to win at Tottenham as Leicester are to win at home to Southampton. So I don't know if, if that doesn't put things into perspective. I don't know what will. But at the same time, I don't know exactly what it puts into perspective. I don't know whether it puts into perspective the fact that Leicester's line is, 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 is kind of odd or how badly Tottenham have fallen this season because there was no way that Liverpool were coming into Tottenham last season as a 7-10 to favourite to win in 90 minutes. In fact, in fact, Liverpool weren't even 7-10 to favourites to win on a neutral field in 90 minutes against Tottenham last season in the Champions League final. They were 10-11 to or even money to win that game in 90 minutes. They weren't 7-10 to favourites. That really syndicates and shows how badly this Tottenham team have fallen. Mourinho needs to show something here. And as Manchester United manager, he actually did quite well against Liverpool. So maybe he can pull out a tactical masterclass here. But does he have the personnel to do it? This Tottenham defence is, is leaking goals left, right and centre. And Liverpool coming to this off the back of keeping four clean sheets in a row. So five clean sheets in a row, actually, if you, if you count the Everton games. So... And that wasn't even done with Van Dijk in the team. So this only looks like it's going to be going one way for me. It has to be a Liverpool win. I uh, I hope I'm wrong because I'm dying to see this team get beaten this season because if they end the season unbeaten, they're already going to win it. But if they end it unbeaten, they're going to be absolutely unfucking bearable uh, Their supporters are going to talk about them like they're the greatest team that ever existed. And that's going to be unbearable for me. So we're really hoping that Tottenham can get something here. But I just can't look past Liverpool winning this game. Two more to go. Bournemouth versus Watford, where... Both teams are priced up at six to four, and it's twelve to five. The draw. I'll tell you something for free here. If Bournemouth don't win this game, they're getting relegated from the Premier League, uh, no doubt about it. Especially after last week, we saw um, Watford relinquish a uh, three-goal lead against Tranmere Rovers at home. So. This represents a real opportunity for Bournemouth. Now, obviously, Pearson came in, looked like he was a magician, has pulled off some really good results, especially that home win against Wolves. We actually took Watford in that spot and, of course, the home win against Man United. But they come away here to a Bournemouth team that are absolutely desperate for a win. I think the best bet here is um, taking Bournemouth on the draw-no-bet market. It's 10 to 11 for each side, but the need of Bournemouth, I wouldn't say is greater than Watford's, but if Watford, from the position that they were in, manage to win this game against Bournemouth, which would mean that Watford leapfrog Bournemouth in this in the table and probably come out of the relegation zone because Aston Villa are going to lose to Manchester City. That will be absolutely massive. That will be the key statement from Watford. And I think at that point, there's absolutely no chance they're going to get relegated. I don't think they're going to get relegated anyway, even if they do lose this game. I do think that we've seen enough for them under Pearson yeah, they were slack last week and he'll be right up their asses this week as well. But I just think this is a cup final for Watford, for, for Bournemouth now. Last week they showed up in uh, in the situation in the FA Cup. Even that was a game that Eddie Howe would have normally forfeited, but I think he, he recognised the need for them to 
put on a performance and build some confidence back because that's one of the main things that this Bournemouth team haven't gotten is confidence. Somehow they've forgotten to do what they've always been able to do year in and year out in the Premier League and that's score. Defensively, they've not been too bad. I mean, Nathan Ake is rated as a £40 million defender at the moment. But um, yeah, they, they just don't have it in attack. And last week... Um, they did end up putting out um, quite a few first-team players. We did see Solanke playing again. We saw Harry Wilson playing. We saw Fraser playing. I mean, and this says a lot about the squad rotation of Bournemouth as well, because they do have a decent squad. Stanislas, uh, they bought on Callum Wilson, gave him some game time, thought it was an opportunity for him to score a goal. He obliged, he did score a goal, and even Solanke managed to score a goal as well. So I do think there are signs there that Bournemouth might be able to turn it around. But all those signs will be set alight in a blaze of disappointment if they were to lose this game. I, I'm, I'm not confident um, entirely about taking them to win, even though they must win. But the draw no bet, I think, offers you sufficient cover because I don't think that they're going to lose this game to Watford. I do think that we're going to see Bournemouth turn up in this situation, much like um, Everton, who I spoke about earlier on. These are teams that need to turn up here who have massively disappointed their supporters and we need to see positive home performances from them this weekend the final game is Aston Villa versus Man City where Villa are 11 to 1 6 to 1 the draw and 1 to 5 on City a difficult game for me to uh, for me to pick because there's no value in it at all Man City are available 1 to 5 what am I supposed to do about that Aston Villa are a team who just got a draw away to Leicester and are trying to desperately stay in the Premier League uh, am I going to back them at 11 to 1 though no I'm not so there's not really too much I can do I guess the margin of victory here uh, appeals to me uh, Aston Villa on the plus two handicap is available at six to four and Aston Villa on the plus three handicap is available at 10 to 11 that means that this Villa team need to avoid a three goal defeat I mean that's massive handicapping in terms of they see the 10 to 11 10 to 11 price here of Man City being three goals better than Villa I don't I think that if Manchester City come away here with a two-goal victory, that will be a good result for, for Manchester City. And I think that um, the fact you're getting cover here for Villa to draw, Villa to lose by one, and Villa to lose by two is pretty much the way that you need to bet this. Obviously, if they lose by three, you lose. I'm taking the handicaps here. I'm not taking the Asian handicap lines here. So I'm actually taking Villa on a uh, plus 2.5 on the Asian lines, just to clarify what I'm taking here. So, uh, yeah, I think that would probably be the only way to go with that game. Closing out with the lock dog parlay portion of the show. God, the lock here, as I said earlier, it was nailed on to be Everton. It was nailed on to be Everton immediately after that result. My instant reaction was to look at the fixtures for next week. I saw Everton were at home against Brighton bottom half team and my play was going to be 100% Everton. And it still might be. Lockbetting.com is a place for you head to find out. But I'm going to have to take Leicester here in this situation and this price is 7 to 10. Um, all the reasons for it were laid out before. They're coming up against the Southampton team who they beat 9-0. They're coming off a pretty disappointing result in midweek against Aston Villa. And 
They have to finish inside this top four and they have gone on to recently recover from two defeats in the Premier League with two decent wins. This is still a, a top Leicester team. And uh, I think with Southampton winning those three out of the last four, we may see Southampton play into Leicester's hands here in terms of coming forward. Because make no mistake about it, they're not going to want to come here and avoid a defeat. They're going to be having this on their mind. They're going to come out and they're going to attack this team because they're going to be looking for some resemblance of revenge as well. But I think with the better quality on the show and the fact that that tactically plays into Leicester's hands, the gaps will open up there and um, the likes of Vardy and Madison will exploit them and Iosi Perez as well. And I just can't see past um, Leicester winning this game. Look, this is a lock I'm... I'm, I wouldn't say happy to lose, but I'm I'm willing to lose. I, I could justify the loss on this one because I'm taking a team at 7-10 to 10 that are playing a team that they already beat 9-0, and that's it. And if it loses and you say, and anybody says to me, why did you take that? Like, how could, well, you know, what was the reason for that lock? That didn't make any sense. Then you're stupid. It makes so much sense. It's unbelievable. Um I just, the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is the price. Um, as for the parlay this week, um, I will put Everton in that and I'll take them with Man United and I won't do anything else. I'll just put those two together. I'm happy with what that pays out. So that's all I'm going to do is stick with that one. As for the underdog play... Um, I like West Ham, as I spoke about earlier. Uh, West Ham for the double chance in itself could have been a lot contender, as could have Bournemouth on the draw no bet. So I would say narrowly edging ahead because it is an actual underdog uh, because Bournemouth are at 6-4 and Watford are at 6-4. I would take West Ham. Um, and by the way, underdog record this season is absolutely phenomenal so far. Um we, we, we obviously started 8-0 and that realistically wasn't maintainable in terms of us continuing to have a better underdog record than a lot record. But it's still pretty damn impressive so far. So far this season, um, let me just pull it up here, uh, out of the 24 picks that we've made on underdogs this season, we're currently sitting at 16-8. and eight. So we started 8-0 and since then we've still gone 8-8 with the underdogs. So we've still been picking one nearly every other week. So an impressive run there on the dog plays this weekend. We looked at for that to continue this week, uh, taking a big underdog there over 3-1 to one on West Ham's pick up a win at Sheffield United. So that concludes a long one here, long edition of the EPL show. Over at LockBetting.com, there is no European show this week. I know it came back last week, but Spain have taken the week off because they're busy doing their uh, their blood money world tour where they're doing the Spanish Super Cup in Dubai. Um, sorry, it's um, it's not Dubai, it's Jeddah. It's part of that... Um, that Jeddah festival that's going on a hundred days of of entertainment. Uh, I know the WWE were involved in it as well. I know Anthony Joshua was involved in it. So you can't really have a massive dig at them. But I mean, Jesus Christ, in the middle of the football season, a Spanish Super Cup is meant to be between the, the cup winners and the um, and the. Uh, and the league winners, and now it's ended up being this weird four-team tournament. It's it's just very odd how these teams will, will how these teams and 
sportsmen will sell out to Saudi Arabia to do these kind of things, completely changing uh, the formats of an entire competition in order to, you know, get more money over from the over from the Saudis. I mean, it's, like I said, it's meant to be the Copa del Rey winners against the La Liga winners, and this season it's it's not that at all. It's just basically four teams from Spain that they decided to invite down. I guess you could say it's um, the top three. Um, yeah, I mean, the justification I'm reading here is that it's the runners-up, the third place, and the winners uh, of the league, along with the Copa del Rey winners. Just very, very weird. Um, you can add whatever reasoning you want to it, but at the end of the day, this is all about the money. Saudi Arabia want to be seen as a nice place to go, even though they fucking kill people. And um, and Spain, and these Spanish teams, just want the money. Interestingly, Atletico Madrid's, um, in the lead up to this tournament, only sold 50 tickets to all of their supporters. So it shows how much interest is in it among the supporters. But I've no doubt in my mind that Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to go for it because they're obviously getting paid a shitload of money to be here. And uh, that's the final that everybody wants. So um, either way, I think we're going to see Barcelona versus Real Madrid. As we record this, Real Madrid have already beaten Valencia anyway. So I'm doing this prior to the, the Barcelona game against Atletico Madrid, but I'm fully expecting an El Clasico, which is what everybody would want to see there in Jeddah. So I expect that will happen. But moving on to what we care about, and it's the European show that will be back next week with all of the leagues, including Germany returning. So a full European show next week. So uh, we look forward to that. And of course, the fight show returns here on the Sports Gambling Podcast next week and it returns with Colin McGregor returning to UFC so don't forget to check that out as well so that's it for this edition of the EPL show good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.